Are you interested in making your own podcast? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. They have creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Anchor will then distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and many more. You guys can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And in fact, I'm using Anchor and I love it. If you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everyone, this is Heidi St. John. Welcome to the podcast. Today is Wednesday, January 30th. We're gonna be tackling the last week of the January study on contentment, wrapping up an awesome month, find balance and breathe. I hope you guys have loved and enjoyed it. We're getting ready to start a brand new one in February, which I know you'll love. In the meantime, I'm gonna focus today on what it means to find and model contentment. Stick around, I think you're gonna be in courage. So I want to just, well, lots of things. First of all, can I just tell you guys how much I appreciate you listening to this podcast? I love hearing from you. Many of you have sent me Christmas cards for New Year's after you heard me say that I love getting things in the mail. (laughs) So thank you. I do love getting things in the mail. And if you would like to correspond with us through mail, uh, we would love to hear from you. It's also an awesome way to send support to this ministry. And let me give you our mailing address. It is 11100 Northeast 34th Circle, Vancouver, Washington, 98682. And you can address these things to me, Heidi St. John, care of the Firmly Planted Homeschool Resource Center, which is where our offices are at now. So I love to hear from you. Anytime you want to reach out, if you've got questions that you'd like to ask, please send them to me at podcast at the busy mom. Also, I want to say thank you for those of you who've been leaving reviews for this podcast over at iTunes. We read them all the time and we so appreciate your being willing to share this podcast with your friends, shooting it out there on social media. Hannah left a review on the 20th of January that I thought I would read because it just blessed me so much. She said, I first read Heidi's book, Becoming Momstrong, and was just hooked on Heidi's fire for Jesus. I now listen to her weekly and find myself tuning in after putting my 20-month-old and four-month-old to sleep. Heidi's podcast is such an amazing encouragement to me in this season of my motherhood as I soak up every ounce of wisdom covering marriage, motherhood, and even politics. Heidi is now my go-to gal. As the world spins crazy out of control politically or my kids are driving me crazy, Heidi reminds me that I get to rest in Christ and put my trust in him. Heidi, thank you for your work for Jesus, making him known and for stewarding your gifts for his glory. I am blessed by you. Hannah, thank you so much. That review encouraged and blessed us. Our whole staff reads these reviews and uh, they encourage us. So thank you so much for those of you who are taking time to leave reviews and rate the podcast over at iTunes. We really appreciate it. We're getting ready to make some changes to the podcast. So uh, stick around for that. It's growing and uh, that's really good news. If you have not yet joined us at MomStrong International, I want to encourage you to do that. We are about 11,000 members there now going through the scripture writing challenge. The scripture writing is free. 
And it's my way of just encouraging you to get into the word of God. You've heard me say this before. I'm going to say it again. Just 10 minutes in the word. I'm telling you what, it's going to light a fire in you. You'll never be the same. It will change your life and it will make you long for more of the word. And once you get to that point, we want to encourage you to join us in the Bible study. It's just $2 a week and it is a very thoughtful and hopefully inspirational study that will encourage you in your knowledge of the word. And also we're going to teach you how to pass on what you're learning to your children, because at the end of the day, we're not supposed to keep this to ourselves. We're supposed to pass it on, to pass on the good news to our children and to those people around us. I often wonder what would happen in the culture if God's people remembered who they were and began to take a stand for what God says is true and right and good. And we can do that. It starts with knowing who God is and obeying him, first by studying his word and then by teaching and training our children in righteousness. The study that we've been doing this month at MomStrong International is called Find, Balance, and Breathe. I hope you guys have really loved the layout of it. Our daughter, Sierra, does all of the graphic design and the layout for us. We have a writing team at MomStrong International. There are five of us that work on this study for you, and we would really appreciate it if you would share the study with others. We also have a church license. So for those of you who want to start MomStrong groups in your churches, you can purchase a church license from us. Uh, If you want more information on that, shoot my assistant, Melissa, an email, melissa at thebusymom.com. All right, we are on week four of the study, and we started with the verse in Micah chapter seven, verse 18. It reads, who is a God like you? who pardons sin and forgives the transgression of the remnant of his inheritance. You do not stay angry forever, but delight to show mercy. And all month we've been studying some attributes of God. We've learned that God is committed to his own glory, that wisdom and generosity is found in God. We've studied how he is a defender of the afflicted, that his desire is that all of us should come to repentance, and that He today we're going to study that he is love, and that he is a God of order. One of the key verses that we studied this month at MomStrong International is found in Hebrews chapter 13, verses seven and eight. I'm gonna read it for you for just a second here. It says, remember those who led you, who spoke the word of God to you, and considering the result of their conduct, imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if you've ever heard the phrase, she thinks more highly of herself than she should, then you'll know what we're kind of the direction we're going at with the study this month. So it's kind of cute, right? When your little toddler stomps her foot and kind of gives you the I dare you face, right? But it's not so cute if she carries that attitude into her adult Christianity. And yet so often we forget our place and we think our approach and our way is better than the path that's been laid out for us by the creator of the universe. And there are two remaining priorities that we want to consider for the month of January. The first one is unconditional love. And the second one is proper order in things. God is a God of order. It's part of why I've been speaking out on the transgender movement. This does not reflect the heart of God. He's not in any way a God of disorder. He is a God of order. And as we look at God's priorities, 
our goal should be to pick up and wear them like our favorite jeans as much and as often as possible. So we need to understand God's perspective. And as we do, we're going to study these last two priorities in this final week of our study, because the goal ultimately is to know God better and to grow in that knowledge and understanding of him and his word. And as we kind of zero in on contentment, and you guys know this, but I'm going to say it again, we, we're we not going to find contentment apart from the Lord. We're not going to find it on this earth. We're not going to find it in anything that we pursue. We won't find it in relationship. We won't find it in platform. We won't find it in politics. We won't find it in ministry. Contentment is found when we are intimately acquainted with God. When we know his word and when God's priorities, when we learn to embrace his priorities and then they become our priorities. Uh, in a world where contentment is hard to find and the cultural ground seems to be shifting under our feet, the contentment that God offers us is one of the greatest gifts that we can offer our children as we train them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. As we help them find salvation, we also want to teach them what it means to find contentment. And we're not going to find contentment, not not the deep peace that Jesus talks about in his word when we don't feel safe. So is it possible to be well and whole while we live here on this earth? According to God's word, it is. So you guys will remember that in our study in the search of joy, our, that was our study for December, we talked about what true joy is. True joy is not dependent on our circumstances. True joy has nothing to do what's hap- with what's happening in the culture or what's happening politically. True joy is the unmistakable sign of the presence of God in our lives. It's knowing that no matter what's going on around us, we are right with God. So what I want you to learn this week is just another, yet it's another take on God's priorities. We want to embrace what God embraces. So in other words, you guys have heard me say this on the podcast before, if it breaks God's heart, it should break our heart. And if it if it makes God smile, then it should make us smile. So we want to know God's word. We want to know his heart. We know that God's committed to his own glory. We've learned to embrace that. God's not about you, not trying to hurt your feelings. God is all about God right? God is about advancing his kingdom, advancing his cause, advancing his agenda. And as God's children, we want to be doing the same thing. We learn that God's wisdom, that he's generous, that he's a defender of the afflicted. We learn all of these things that God desires that everyone should come to repentance. And we learned he is love and he's a God of order. And women, we are stubborn. And I think we often resist being directed. I know that I do. I know that it's often, I, how many of you have ever wrestled with God? You knew that God wanted you to do something or you knew he wanted you to speak a particular truth and your heart pounds inside your chest and your hands get sweaty and your heart's racing and you're not sure if you can do it, but you know that you know that you know that God wants you to do something. Often we wrestle with God. Usually we wrestle with him because we're fighting our sin nature. Sometimes we're fighting fear fear from within our own spirit and fear from without. But we are positioned as Christians to respond to the Lord's leading and directions in our life so much better when we have a fresh understanding of how much he loves us. Women, do you know how loved you are? Men, do you know how loved you are? I keep hearing all this talk in the culture right now about toxic masculinity and my goodness, we've turned femininity on its head. And part of me just thinks, man, when you know how loved you are, and one natural outflow of that love is to love other people. 
right? But we're resisting that. We fight against it. And Micah 7.18 shows us the beautiful nature of God's love and his motivation. In John 1, we read that God has lavished his love on us and he's made us children of God. They're spectacular promises. In Jeremiah chapter 32, verses 37 to 44, we read about his covenant of love. I want to read it to you. It says, I will surely gather them from all the lands where I banished them in my furious anger and great wrath. Have you guys ever read the book of Jeremiah? Because I want you to understand something. Because God rules all the places where we live, he's able to deliver on his promises. And, and in Jeremiah, you're studying the uh, the journey of a rebellious people, the Israelites, who were constantly rebelling against God. And Jeremiah had the, had the uh, unenviable position of saying, hey, if you do this, God's going to do that. Right? And so now here he is again. And... God's going to bring him back. He says, I will bring them back to this place and I will let them live in safety. They will be my people and I will be their God. God is showing us his incredible, exquisite love for us in his word. Verse 39, I will give them a singleness of heart and action so they will always fear me for their own good and the good of their children after him. Remember, I've been saying this for a long time. God's rules are there for our protection. They're there for our protection. His instructions are for our protection. Verse 40, I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them. I will inspire them to fear me so that they will never turn away from me. I will rejoice in doing them good and will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and soul. This is what the Lord says. As I have brought all this great calamity on this people, which I'm going to insert here, because of their rebelliousness and their sin, and their disobedience over and over and over again. So he says, as I brought this calamity, so I will give them all the prosperity I promised them. Once more, fields will be bought in the land which you say is a desolate waste without men or animals, for it has been handed over to the Babylonians. Fields will be bought for silver, and deeds will be signed, sealed, and witnessed in the territory of Benjamin, in the villages around Jerusalem, in the towns of Judah, and in the towns of the hill country from the western foothills of the Negev, because I will restore their fortunes, declares the Lord. He's making incredible promises to his people. He's saying, I love you. I love you. And he's talking about the discipline that he has had to exact upon them for their disobedience. But God in his mercy says, I'm going to bring you back. You see, God loves you. He loves you. He wants to spend time with you. And his promises in Jeremiah are just a taste of the promises that his word is filled with. When God breathed life into Adam and Eve, the Bible records that he was pleased. Men and women, you're made in his image. You're his people. You're a joy to him. He loves you. And God wants us to respond to him with obedience and love. And the truth is, after we seek after God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength, we find ourselves in on the receiving end of contentment. Contentment really is one of the great mysteries of the Christian life, right? Paul said he has learned the secret of contentment. He could be content whether he had a whole bunch or whether he was in prison. 
He learned to be content. And in our culture, I think contentment is elusive because we are constantly striving after more, more money, more possessions, more work, more pleasure, more freedom. And this month we've been uncovering the reality that here's the truth, women and men, when we align our priorities with God's priorities, contentment is no longer elusive. But instead, God drills it deep into our hearts as we come in harmony with his will and with heaven. We learned that ultimately God is for God. He's about his glory. And we were designed to bring him glory, to join with him in that glorification. We've learned that God heals our wounds and turns us away from digging broken cisterns and using them. We studied Jesus as the Lord of the Sabbath. He wants us to rest. And though and through the cross, and through the cross, we see that our deepest strivings are satisfied by the one who has given us his righteousness. So I want to take just a minute and draw out a couple more implications on the principle of the Sabbath and show you how it connects to contentment. So if you read Deuteronomy 5, verse 15, we read the word, therefore, and I want you guys to think about this. What's the connection between the release from slavery in Egypt and the Sabbath? You see, when the Israelites were slaves, they didn't get a day off. Now, we have abolished systematic slavery in the United States. But slavery can take many forms. Bob Dylan once said, it may be the devil or it may be the Lord, but you're going to have to serve somebody. And in the same way, if you never take a day off, you become a slave to your work. I want you to think about this for just a second, because this has been a struggle for me my entire life, partly because I enjoy my work. I, I genuinely enjoy it. And so, and sometimes in our work, we don't stop because we're afraid if we stop, we won't get that, that deal or the work, we won't be able to catch up with it. And so we pursue uh, a lack of contentment, not on purpose, but because we don't actually trust that God's going to do exactly what he said he was going to do. And when we trust the Lord, we can take a break, right? So if the Sabbath is an act of liberation that frees us from our slavery to, uh, I don't know, the American dream, right? Of working harder and doing better and getting bigger and better. God already sees us as perfect. Because the perfect obedience and sacrifice of Christ is how God sees us. And taking a break helps us say, my role, my job, my ministry doesn't define me because my identity is in Christ. And we've been talking about this for a long time at the podcast that I believe that the enemy is after our identity in the culture right now. And one of the ways he does that is by uh, stealing, really, our ability to rest. And one of the reasons that we struggle to rest is because I think as mothers especially, well, actually it's not true. I think fathers too, for those of us who are working outside the home, we think that the world's gonna fall apart if we take a break. But when we rest, when we Sabbath, what we're doing is practicing trusting God and saying, you know what, God, we believe you're sustaining us. You're sustaining my little part of the world and the whole rest of the universe by the power of your word. You're God of provision and I'm not the one who's keeping the world running. God is doing it. Is that what you believe? Uh, we dug a whole lot deeper finding the secret of contentment. We were reading 1 Timothy chapter 6, verses 6 to 10, talking about um, Paul and his co-laborers were content with. We talked about why, uh, we talked about whether or not money really is the root of all evil. We talked about whether or not poverty or less money leads to contentment. This is one of the reasons why the culture is having this conversation. I keep hearing uh, people who are socialist talking about the evils of money and people who make a lot of money. I can't really 
relate to that at all because I'm not a billionaire or even a millionaire. Uh, But I can tell you that I know people who are and contentment is not found in money. And I think sometimes we believe that if we're in poverty, we can't be content because we need money, just like we believe that if we are rich, somehow that will make us content, but it's not true. Because the secret to contentment is knowing that you're where God wants you to be and finding your joy and your sense of security, not from something fragile or man-made like money, because financial reversals happen, right? Uh, marriages can get strained and fall apart. We want to find our contentment in Jesus. And then when don't, no matter what we have or don't have, when we have Jesus, we have enough because we know this world's not our home. It's not. Jesus said, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. In weakness. And so if you're in a place of weakness right now, God wants to speak to you. He wants to use you. He wants to show you what it means to be made new and to find contentment right where you are. In 2 Corinthians 12, Paul said, therefore I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ might rest on me. What would it look like, men and women, if we embraced our weaknesses and invited the power of the living God to rest on us, to rest on our speech, to rest on our circumstances. You know, years ago, uh, when Jay and I were just starting out in ministry, we struggled financially, or really struggled. And I remember just waiting every month, you know, the the check from the, the, the church gave us wasn't quite enough to pay the rent. So I was working at a doctor's office to sort of help supplement our income. And we were having babies, you know, every two or three years. And one time I looked at my husband, just tears in my eyes, and I was just so afraid that we weren't going to have enough money to pay the rent. And he said, Heidi, I wonder what would happen if instead of panicking, we just praise the Lord. And we said, Father, we know that you're not going to let us fall. We know that if if we do our part, you're doing your part because you said that you would. And I'm telling you, it changed the way we began to look at God's provision. Paul went on to say, for the sake of Christ, then I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecution, or calamities. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. And that is how God sees you. He sees you through the lens of his son, Jesus. And I want to encourage you today, wherever you are in your life, wherever you are in your walk with God, embrace the truth that you know about God so that you can learn to be content like Paul in every circumstance. You do that by knowing that God loves you and that his heart toward you is always, ever, only good. I'm going to go ahead and end end this podcast uh, in a word of prayer. Would you bow your heads with me wherever you are? Father, with everything in me, I want you to have my whole heart. And Lord, we struggle. We see how our priorities are a bit out of line with yours. Father, thank you so much that you don't need us to be perfect and that when we walk with you through this life, you're never going to leave us or forsake us. Father, we don't want to take your unconditional love lightly and not do the hard work of being real and true and bringing the best glory that we can to your name. But Lord, you said, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. Father, I pray that you'd help us to step into that yoke today. I pray that we would allow you to direct our decisions, our thoughts, our marriages, our calendars, our ministries, our parenting, our neighboring, 
And more than anything, Father, we want you to direct our hearts. Help us to embrace your priorities. And in that, help us to find balance and breathe. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to thank you guys for going along with us on this journey over at MomStrong International. If you have not yet become a member there, I want to encourage you to do that. It's just $2 a week and your $2 really goes a whole long way to helping us hire the staff and uh, acquire the resources necessary to produce this podcast and to produce the Bible study. So I thank you so much for doing that. If you haven't left a review or if you want to leave another one or if you haven't rated the podcast, please do that. We would love it if you would share this podcast with your friends. And we love you and are praying for you that you would walk in right relationship with God, that you would know his heart is always ever only good. His heart toward you and toward your children is good. Get in his word every day. Day by day, you will notice the commitment to knowing God better will change your life. Have a great day, everybody. And I'm going to see you back here on Friday with my friend, Kendra Fletcher. For more encouragement, visit me online at thebusymom.com.